Welcome to the Appliance Educator Podcast, presented by Z-Line Kitchen and Bath, attainable luxury designed in Lake Tahoe. On today's episode of the podcast, we're speaking with Chef Lonnie Huat about how an executive chef goes about planning his kitchen remodel. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Appliance Educator Podcast. Today, we are privileged to be joined by our guest, Chef Lonnie Huat, executive chef at Edgewood Tahoe. How are you? Great. Thanks for joining us today. And as always, I've got my faithful companion, Nick, here. How you doing, Nick? Hey, hey. So this is going to be a cool one because uh, Chef Lonnie is actually getting ready to do a full kitchen remodel at home. And so we've got a chance to just pick the brain of an incredibly talented executive chef on what he's looking for, why he's making his appliance upgrades, and what drove you initially to consider a remodel. Well, the cooking space I currently have is actually pretty uh, functional. It just doesn't have enough cooking power, doesn't have enough oven space. Uh, Being a professional chef, uh, and we do obviously entertain fairly frequently, it just didn't have enough versatility with different temperature ranges in an oven or or per se. Uh, So all I have right now is a drop-in with a wall unit oven uh, but so I just the biggest part of it is some aesthetics. I want the additional cooking space as well. Um, so that's kind of where it started. My microwave died a couple months ago, which kind of initiated the thought process of if we're going to start changing appliances. I want everything to kind of match uh, something that's beautifully beautifully appointed. Uh, that's also very practical and and has some cool features to it. What would you say is the biggest thing you'd love to be cooking at home now, but you want that jump in power and functionality to do? I, I think I like would like the opportunity to be able to, again, multi-purpose uh, cooking at different temperatures. So maybe I'm um, doing a slow braise and something at a, at a lower temperature, and then I need something that's going to, maybe I'm ba- I want to bake bread at the same time. So I, I don't have the capability of doing that. And to pull everything, and I'm, I'm a perfectionist, so it comes to timing. Um, so I want to pull everything out at the same, so it's at this peak, uh, peak quality. So kind of comes with the territory of being a, a professional perfectionist. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of kind of where the whole thing started, just with the the microwave shit the bed. And I know uh, I know you've had a chance to work with our great friends, the sponsor of the podcast, Z Line Kitchen and Bath, and so you're looking at some of their appliances. And we were talking before the show, and you mentioned you were looking at the gas on gas. Is that a preference from your background? Have you worked with dual fuel much before? And what kind of drove you to that decision? Well, what kind of drove me is I've been very fortunate to be able to try it out prior to making any kind of decisions. Um, having the dual gas and the multi, the dual burner uh, situation, the versatility with the drop-in flat top and griddle uh, were really, really intriguing to me. Um, I, I like the versatility of it. That double burner just comes up to heat so, so fast. The biggest driving factor was, again, I got to utilize it multiple times as I've been doing some kitchen demonstrations at the Z-Line uh, kitchen. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's kind of was like a no-brainer there. Aesthetically, they're really beautifully done. Uh, love the snow finish. That's particularly, that's where we're going to go with. The current space I have right now has a, a, a nice hood, but it doesn't like fully ventilate. So it kind of blends into the cabinetry a little bit. So we we want to look at um, opening it up a little bit and give it a little bit more stainless, brush stainless look to the, the kitchen space. 
Is it an under cabinet unit you have now, or does it have the full chimney like exposed? Uh, it doesn't have the full, so it's under cabinet. It just has the primarily hood function piece. It's loud. It's it's an older model. So the other part of it is uh, the kit. The house was built 16 years ago, so it's starting to get a little dated. It's working fine, but it's louder now that they've made so many adjustments to sound and taking consideration that the hood, the 36-inch hood that's over the range here, the Z-Line space is like you can hardly ever hear it so i love that piece of it so we're not yelling at each other when we're trying to you know while i'm cooking or enjoying our company so no that's great that's great and then i know you've got some plans to kind of expand from there and you've got some different options going on so what kind of uh with your vision of the remodel you're looking the microwave shits the bed it's time to do everything else what kind of take us through the thought process so as we were taking a look at it, I was, again, fortunate enough to be able to come up to the Z-Line place and look at the showroom because I've been working in there uh, and being able to see the variety of product even available uh, through with their line. So um, what, what I've been working on, the range itself, the oven, the hood, that's all would tie in beautifully with uh, the current space. And I don't like that super shiny, so I want that a little bit brushed look because you can... You don't have to clean it as frequently. <laughs> I think it, it's a little bit more forgiving, yes. per se. I, yeah. You still have to clean. I'm just being facetious. But um, as far as the, the cleaning of it, it just doesn't have to be so, so spot on and things. So That snow what, finish has a, a nice scratch protectant, too, to yeah. that, which is really nice. And it looks really it, – it's beautiful. You know, as far as going into the, the microwave, which was the first – kind of tell point i mean obviously once one component starts going you can you can smell the snowball coming sure so we want to kind of get in front of that so we're not frustrated particularly if the holidays or we're in the middle of entertaining and then it goes to hell and you're like oh sorry everybody you know <laughs> yeah so. it's it's usually better just kind of you know bite the bullet do it all at once Absolutely. than just perpetually be replacing things for the next few years well then and with that you can really see a major difference right then you know it's not like eh, a little at a time and then there's so you get to the end of it it's like eh, it's not as um, dynamic it doesn't make as big as impact particularly if as we have friends and stuff come over i think that uh, putting one piece in and one piece in and one piece in doesn't have that again it doesn't have the impact that what we're trying to accomplish even for ourselves you know sure. i want to be able to see a difference if we're going to do the project and all of that stuff i want to be able to see something that's like wow that's that's incredible that new kitchen feeling. the vision the vision came to you know with the help of the team over here um so you know we're actually looking for some guidance with a couple of items just because you guys are the experts and z lines are the experts at the at their products so so is this a full like you're taking out cabinetry because you said you had a wall oven are you taking out that whole cabinetry that the wall oven sits in and putting new countertops in there and as well is this a full blowout of the kitchen not a, not a full blowout the granite top that's in there currently is a is a really nice um, beige-ish speckle it's got some speckling of blacks and some lighter oh, nice. colors in there um, we may consider not blowing out the cabinetry itself we've got plenty of cabinet space which i love but we might change the color of them and do a, a, a quick paint job on top of that just to again make a really big impact in there oh are you having someone up. do your cabinets paint because i just did that and oh boy you did it yourself i have it just nightmares of it now <laughs> we've done it in other projects and it's like yeah i'm not a pro so yeah we might have that looked at <laughs> 
I would. I, I'm a good cook. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You're like, I have a skill to fall back on. I don't, I don't need to be doing the yeah, project. We've been doing other stuff, and I'm not a great painter. Uh, one of the things we always like to take advantage of when we have, you know, someone with some real culinary expertise on the show is, you know, when you're looking at a kitchen, you, you've got a different perspective than, you know, you, most people are like, ah, I'm going to make my usual dinner, boil, boil some pasta type of thing. What are you looking for in a range and what do you think people should be looking for in their kitchen when they start to make an appliance choice? Well, I think obviously, uh, does it fit the space is kind of important. If you want to expand, what are you giving up? We're going to give up a couple of cabinets uh, due to the range because it's, again, we mentioned the drop top is what's in what's in the kitchen now and the wall oven. So that's the thing, as I mentioned earlier on, is trying to expand that. But I am going to lose a little bit of cabinet space. I think practicality or uh, how functional, I mean, with the different types of product that Z-Line does carry with the dual burners, the grill, uh, the additional grill flat top piece. It's really a, what are you trying to do in the in the space? Um, you know, we I'm a professional chef. I've got a smoker outside. I've got a four burner propane oven out, uh, a four burner stove outside and a full grill. So I can do, I have a full kitchen outside the house as well for, you know, fish and things of that nature that we just don't want to permeate the furniture or and, and things that take days to get out of there, get sure. out of there. So I think as far as what what I'm looking for, for people should be looking for, is just does it make sense practically? Organization is really important to me. Um, proximity, cooking power, um, how fast does something come to a boil? Or you know, does do you have a really low a low setting for that low simmering piece where you know if you get into glass top, which I don't. I'm not knocking, but um, they're a little bit, they scratch a lot easier. Um, the electric ranges, which just don't heat as evenly and as quickly. So for me, I, you know, we're fortunate to go ahead and we already have a gas line hooked directly in. Um, so, and being a professional chef, that's what we cook with all the time. So it's just more comfortable for me. I think that you get a lot more versatility again with the with the gas fluctuations and the temperature ranges that it cooks at speed as i mentioned already yeah. so those type of things is something i look for in there you know uh again does it cook evenly is it a convection convection so you have nice circulation uh, that's another thing that i look for is so i can get that really nice even uh, airflow so things brown if you're baking they brown evenly and uh, and rise properly so if you don't have that convection piece i think a lot of times you, you you're missing it because you can turn it on or off so you don't have sure. to have to have it so it's one of those uh, additional little components that can make a difference which i think is really applicable to most even home cooks you Absolutely. know is, is that same thing of like if you want to get that quality roast done you need that solid convection and it sounds like you're sold on gas just the precision of the of the flame is that really what it comes down but to it boils down to is exactly that yeah. yeah the precision of the flame and uh you know again the versatility of that you can't i don't have not seen an electric oven that has that little plate that you can flip over flat flat top or grit or griddle yeah so i haven't seen one that they've made yet maybe it's out there but i haven't seen one you never know it may be coming coming soon <laughs> we'll have to find out and i know before we were talking to you're uh thinking about too an actual uh just a little extra project on there is looking at doing a pot filler 
on your backsplash. Absolutely. Talk a little about that and what you're kind of thinking about there. Well, I like the pot filler. Uh, again, the aesthetics of it and the not having to lift that heavy pot of pasta. If you're cooking for multiple people, you can just crank the the faucet right in the wall on your backsplash. Uh, we're fortunate enough where we have a washroom that butts right against the kitchen. Uh, so running a line probably wouldn't be that difficult for us. I mean, maybe others, but, but you know, it's just make, gives it an extra little aesthetic piece with the, with the brushed stainless that we're looking at, um, as well as being really convenient to be able to fill all your pots and pans up with just that little bit of water or, or an excessive amount of water. What's your what's your favorite thing to make at home when you're when you're I guess maybe when you're entertaining and you're gonna impress those friends and you're gonna again I you know it, it really depends on seasonality as well okay um, you know we're we're we love to do braised dishes uh, cocoa van is really a popular one where we'll marinate the, the chicken overnight in wine and and then do a slow braise on that you know the whole thing when we're entertaining is you don't want to be tied to the kitchen the whole time so when we're entertaining we like to do a lot of stuff ahead of time um, or some braised items or something that's a kind of already just finish up so sure. get us much of that stuff uh, prepared ahead of time but a lot of braised items for the winter and then again grilling and things in that that are quick sears in the in the summertime so you can actually enjoy the the time with your friends and family so maybe like a uh, souvet right Sous vide, sous vide, yeah, yeah a sous vide component we, to we that. We do a little bit host? about that, or some Dutch oven cooking, and, okay, you know, things of that nature. We'll slow cook, we'll slow smoke some ribs or a brisket. I'll do a twelve-hour smoke on a brisket or something like that, mm. where oh, nice. I'll set it up overnight and drink beer all evening while I'm <laughs> babying it, <and laughs> watching the temperature of Give it, it a little ba- brush little here. basting, <laughs> yeah, just making sure again that the temperature stays pretty active, pretty consistent because for me, when you're smoking items like that, that long-term smoking, you want to have something that's a little nice and steady heat and uh, without having some kind of electric component to that, it's kind of really difficult. You got to watch it. So, yeah. so I stay up all night drinking beer and <laughs> fooling around with that oh that sounds great that's that's my kind of party yeah i've got a i've got a question about your sous vide setup uh, my it's something my brother got into recently and he told me as he was learning about all the horror stories of people who do it at home and they do it in their sink and it gets their sink so hot that the glue oh. comes out and so they come home from work and they flooded their kitchen oh, because Lord. it's dumped over and i was kind of curious to know like how you set your sous vide up at home well, we I have a bus bus tubs or uh, really heavy duty uh, plastic like Lexanish type of things. Mm-hmm. All you need, or even a big giant stainless steel pot of mm-hmm. some sort, you just need something that you can attach the sous vide, the immersion circulator to the side of, and will hold hold the water and uh, keep everything submerged. So I use I use a couple of different things on that depending on how much of what i'm cooking and do you set it on your uh granite countertop or right on the top okay nice Uh, typically when you're sous vide you're not doing it high temperature anyway it's uh, 135 nothing that's obviously if it's boiling just throw it on the stove and boil the hell boil the damn thing sure sure so the whole thing with that is slow slow cooking with precision temperature so Hey guys, Drew from the Appliance Educator Podcast here, and I just wanted to take a minute out to talk about our amazing sponsor, Z-Line Kitchen and Bath. You've heard the guests and the hosts talk about this amazing brand and all the attainable luxury that they create right here in the heart of Lake Tahoe, USA. From freestanding ranges to ventilation, dishwasher and microwave, to everything you'll need to complete your next bathroom project, Z-Line Kitchen and Bath is bringing luxury into your next project. Tell us a little bit more about your outdoor kitchen. I'm a huge fan of cooking outdoors and I'm I'm preparing to build my own I have 
the nice grill. I got leftover a smoker in my new house too. So oh, awesome. I'm kind of thinking of going and making a, a stone kind of table with it all kind of uh, yeah. put together. So I'd like to hear what, what you have going on in there. Well, absolutely. Frame it in really simply. You know, you can buy those. It's not full brick pieces, but you can do some stuff. Once you you can adhere uh, faux brick looking uh, type of thing. So it kind of ties that in and it's not as heavy. Uh, put it on casters so mm. you can still remove the other as long as it's modulated so you got one piece for the smoker piece you have one piece for the grill and then you're then we've got a four burner propane range out there that i got of a yard sale that just need a little tlc and it is amazing that sounds like the perfect outdoor range <laughs> yeah, right yeah it's, it's got everything you need the only thing i don't have out there which you can use your uh, grill as an oven too so as far as baking i mean i've done pizzas i've baked uh, cobblers in the in the oh, sm wow. in the grill and stuff of that nature so again it's all about monitoring your temperature and stuff like that so again you can do everything you want to on the grill or in the outside kitchen we don't just hang out outside with a cool we've got a big stainless steel uh, ice bin out there and everything for me everything's on wheels so if we want to be a, when when you have some grease splashage we can get out there with the pressure washer and get it cleaned up really nicely and but again it's for you know you can brick it all even just faux brick it all in it ties it looks really really nice no so. that's a great call with the casters for an outdoor mm -hmm. cooking space that modularity yeah. especially because then you're going to entertain right so yeah move everything away just kind of have the party once all the food's ready to go that's and right right that's awesome I'm, i was a little curious too about the um because it sounds like you really like to cook to entertain too about the, kind of the floor plan of your kitchen and is it kind of an open space are you doing most of your entertaining like off of the uh kitchen or is it how's that kind of work for you as far as when you have guests over and you're busy in the kitchen but also entertaining it's a pretty open it's a pretty open concept um the kitchen has the all the cooking appliances are on the wall and then the we have like a little center island, like a little nook where we sit or we can sit around. So if some, if one of us is cooking, we can have three or four, six people sit around the island of the center island in there. So in it, it type right into the living room, and we have a um, a formal dining room. Everything's just the, the the space we're in is we're pretty fortunate. It's pretty wide open as far as the entertainment piece, and then all the living quarters are completely separated. So it's a really nice layout. That's great. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of that too, of kind of, if you're, you know, when you're entertaining is kind of having the kitchen as the hub because then everybody's yeah. circling around it and passing through and, sure. you know, makes it the best, best yeah, way. Yeah. yeah. The, the layout of the uh, house is uh, really, really nice. We've got these several little courtyards so we can entertain outside in a couple of different spots and change the environment. We've got some uh, string lights and things outside that's in the, the, the dirty kitchen is what we call it, like the dirty kitchen area. So we have some string lights and uh, tables and stuff like that. There's a fireplace that's an indoor-outdoor fireplace that's part of the home that uh, is really cool. That's gas-operated, but uh, that's that's a really nice feature to have, particularly as it starts cooling off a little bit because that little space it's in, little space, it's probably two, 300 square foot, but um, but it heats, the, it heats the outdoors a little bit as well with that, uh, with the glass fire piece being on the outer side it's really cool that's awesome that's especially right. for lake tahoe right just yeah. being able to have some outdoor entertaining later little later in the year that's true i'm always thinking about putting a hot tub but then i don't <laughs> know where we're going to sit other than in the hot tub <laughs> <laughs> the one with those casters you know you could be right in there just grilling it up from the hot tub it doesn't sound too bad i, don't I just flip the steak right quick <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> 
since we're on the topic for Tahoe, I'd love to hear about um, Edgewood's new restaurants and kitchens that um, you're a part of out there because they went through a whole transformation and a whole new build out there. Yeah, almost five years ago now. So in June of 17, um, they opened up the lodge. Mm -hmm. Um, It it encompasses the bistro at Edgewood, which is a three-meal restaurant, which uh, has some indoor and outdoor seating. Uh, and a beautifully appointed bar and kind of a nautical feel to it. So that's the newest addition to it, um, to Edgewood Tahoe. You know, obviously the clubhouse has been there for right about 30, I believe 30 years, Mm. um, in the late 60s, early 70s. That particular component of it is, uh, has two kitchens. So Brooks Bar and Deck, which is our kind of a sports bar, gastropub, uh, type of eatery, uh, beautiful outdoor seating for the spring and the fall. As we are, it, um, it's it's a magnificent space. It sits right on the golf course. You can see the 18th hole and the lake itself. So as far as views, all the restaurants have magnificent views of the lake. Uh, obviously, Brooks has the golf course component to it, and then our fine dining restaurant, which is only open for dinner, which is. Edgewood restaurant um, has about 100 seats, but it is probably not probably it is the closest restaurant to the water. They wouldn't be able to build it again today because of the, you know, some of the regulations that are set up there with uh, Tahoe, Tahoe community and stuff. But it is like within less than 100 yards to the right to the edge of the lake so it's got some beautiful views again we're we constantly change the menus and keep it fresh and fun and seasonal Uh, the chefs that work with us and and work with me are just magnificent they've got a ton of experience and they're great teachers and they and we all learn from each other so the environment's really really cool um, for young people or even seasoned people like myself that have been doing this for 30 plus years What's your, uh, how'd you get your start in cooking and what brought you up to the Tahoe and area in Edgewood? Well, that's, that's another hour. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been, I've been really fortunate in my career where um, I started off being a, thought I was going to be a carpenter and went to vocational school and then did a couple of months in the Florida sun on a roof for, like I said, a couple of months. I was like, the hell with this, <laughs> this is for the birds. Um, you know, back in when I was younger, people didn't have the management skills as as we're having to learn nowadays. So it was pretty brutal um, if you weren't performing up to whoever your boss's standards were. They were not the kindest all the time, for 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 lack of better terms, like kicking you in the ass and stuff. Um, so anyway, I worked with this one gentleman at that particular time, and he was yelling and screaming all the time, and it was hot as hell up there, and. I weigh 120 pounds and I'm carrying trusses up the, the ladder. And I'm like, this really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and fortunately, they were building a brand new Hilton out in Gulf Shores. I, I graduated high school in Pensacola, Florida. I'm from New Hampshire, so I've been, I can tell a story about my travels around the country. But I uh, grew up in New Hampshire, moved to Pensacola, Florida, graduated high school there, moved there in, in uh, high school, early high school. And they were building this new hotel. And I was like, the hell with this job. I have another job. You know, 1980-something, hair down to my hips. Uh, And I went to this particular hiring event that they were having uh, in Gulf Shores at this Hilton particular property. I walk in, chef, sit down in front of the chef, said, hey, I really want to work here. A lot of my friends are working here, da-da-da. They're like, nah, you don't want to work here. I'm like, 
yeah, that's why I'm here. I'm interviewing for a job because I really want to be here because I want to hang out with my friends and stuff. He's like, you want to work here? Go cut your hair off. I'll see you tomorrow. So I went and got a haircut and came back the next day, washed dishes for six months before I was actually able to touch anything food-wise. Um, started my way once the opening any new hotel has high turnover. So I rapidly moved up, and within five years, I was running the fine dining restaurant. At that particular time, I had basically probably outgrew the property. At least I thought I had outgrown the property and wanted to grow even further. And Hilton treated me amazing for 10 years with multiple properties, New York, Atlanta. And then I went to D.C. And I've been in New Orleans. and That's so. awesome. So you've gotten to really experience a bunch of great culinary cities on, along the way, too. Yeah, and it's been really, really beneficial. I've worked for some, for some and with some amazing people, some that have gone and formal trained and some that were even better than us who weren't formally trained. So, uh, you know, if I'm trying to give advice to a younger person who may consider going into the field, I'm always going to say get an education, but it's not a deal breaker for uh, in this particular profession. So because uh, it's it's an art form, it's subjective. Yeah, it definitely is, and that's kind of the thing what's drawn me and kept me in this industry for as long as it is is uh, just constant evolution. You never will know every single kind of food there is to prepare or techniques. Uh, things come and go. It's, you know, I call it a cyclical business mm. because you may see something. You mentioned sous vide and earlier in the, in the chats. They've been doing that since the 50s and 60s, and then it went away. It was boiling a bag or something of that nature. I think that's what my grandmother used to do. And uh, so then it comes back, and now it's this big, hip new thing, but it's really not, you know. <laughs> Uh, same type of thing with any of the any of the cooking techniques from French, French techniques where you know, most things derive that we do is uh, French techniques with sauces and things of that nature. But uh, you know, it just as much as it changes, it stays the same. <laughs> what would be your favorite technique that you've learned from these culinary stops in your life? I really like the art of. Cooking, I love garmage because I like the cold aspect and the variety of things with the dressings and making things, uh, but the decorative piece as well. Um, uh, oh man, it's it's so tough. It's charcuterie prog program. You know, we have a full charcuterie program working at, at the at Edgewood right now, where we buy whole animals from our local farmers, break them down, and create all these cool sausages. And we've got legs of. Uh, pigs that are hanging in there for like nine months now we're mm -hmm. making prosciutto out of them and lamb as well lamb prosciutto duck prosciutto all types of different salamis and things of that nature uh, guanciale which is uh, smoked and cured pig cheek um, so we have a lot of fun so to answer that oh my god it really depends i can never answer what's your favorite thing to cook I just, just cooking. I, I just, just love doing it. Love to cook, yeah. Yeah, I love doing it, and I love the camaraderie that comes along with it in the kitchen and the ban the constant banter back and forth, poking, hey, I'm better than you, you're better mm -hmm. than me. Uh, so it's it's competitive as well. So it definitely keeps you, it's always keeps you sharp. And, again, these younger kids come in there, and they think they can cook, and they're <laughs> going to be the next 
chef, uh, the next Food Network star. <laughs> oh, you get a lot of rock stars coming oh, yeah. in. Oh, yeah. 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 I had a guy, I shouldn't do this, but I had a guy had it on his resume, rock star executive chef. And he wanted, he was applying for a position with us. And I said, cool, that's, that's great, rock star. So do you play music? No. I don't play music. I'm like, well, what the fuck makes you a rock star? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry about the mumble, but you know, you know why I'm doing it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So he comes in. I'm like, oh man, I got to see this guy cook. And his background was eh, a lot of casino stuff, which I'm not knocking, but uh, not luxury property. So he comes in and this guy couldn't cook. And oh, it was awful. It was worse. <laughs> I'm like, ah, thanks, but no thanks. But he came in with like his flashy hair. Oh man, he thought he was. He had coat. a cool jacket. <laughs> yeah, he was styling, and I'm like, wow, wow. But I've also seen some young kids come in here and just slaughter it and just like put down some stuff. It's like, oh man, that's absolutely beautiful. So that's amazing. You never know. It- I can say anything on a piece of paper. Yeah, it's. I mean, it sounds like with all the ego in the kitchen, there's probably a lot of ego checks that come along with having good time there. Yeah, it, it it is. And again, you're only as good as the last thing you did, right? You're only as good as your last meal. You're only as good as your last performance. If you're a sports figure, you're only as good as your last game. So it's no different for us. You know, every meal that comes out is that's how you judged. That's awesome. Well, Chef, it's been a pleasure to have you on the uh, podcast today. And, um, you know, uh, Chef Lonnie Huat, he is the executive chef at Edgewood Tahoe. Is there anywhere else online you want people to check you out, Lonnie? Usually we give people plugs, but I know it's like if you can, really, you should do yourself the favor of going to visit Edgewood Tahoe. It is beautiful. You definitely have to come up. If you haven't been there, it is definitely worth the visit. Uh, Make a reservation. (laughs) We're always busy. The shoulder season's even... uh, there's Which, no more shoulder season. There's no time. such thing. Yeah, there's no more. <laughs> there's yeah. no more. When I came even five years ago, it was there was one. Yeah, I, when I moved up there, I lived in South Lake for about eight years, and I moved up in 2009, and there was a shoulder season. And throughout the years, you progressively see it. It would stay temperatures and great during end of September, early October, and people were yeah. still jamming there. And then, you know, snow season ended, and people were still coming in because oh, it's just such a beautiful place and. I think more people realize, like, oh, you can go there year round. Year round, it's not a two two month destination. No, it's year. it's spectacular. I love it, and I work right on the lake. So I mean, oh my god. He's not lying about the views at Edgewood. It's, it is gorgeous, phenomenal sunset dining too, oh. especially like setting right there on the water. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the cast today, Chef. It was a privilege. Oh, We're excited for your project. So yeah. maybe we'll get to do a follow-up and hear if there are any uh, horror stories and how wonderful you love your new kitchen in the future. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, think... I appreciate you having me. And I can't imagine to be any horror stories when we have professionals like these guys. Yeah, Appliance Educator will be in there helping install and shooting some videos on how-tos in there yeah. as well. And so. then we'll do some video. If you'll have to go to the Z-Line a website and see some of the videos of the after the project. Yeah. Awesome. Well, until next time, Chef. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Nice talking with you guys. This has been the Appliance Educator Podcast, brought to you by Z-Line Kitchen and Bath. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow at Appliance Educator for more tips and tricks and advice to keep your home running at optimal performance. If you have any ideas or topics you'd like to hear on future episodes of the show, leave us a comment. Appliance Educator, signing off.